When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Woof. That's all I have to say. Welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. We are here for the post-game edition therapy session, if you will, after the Saints got blanked 13-0 to by the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, what's the most frustrating thing about this game is not that the Saints lost today. I went into this game expecting the Saints to lose. They were nine-point underdogs for a reason. The frustrating thing about this game is how winnable it actually was. The 49ers did not play well. The Saints played worse. You know, the 49ers defense, obviously, you have to play pretty well on defense to shut a team out. That's obvious. But the 49ers offense, pedestrian. All these playmakers that we spent the whole week talking about, the Debo Samuels, the Eli Mitchells, the Christian McCaffreys, the Brandon Ayukes, they were, you know, the George Kittles. You know, they were okay, right? Eli Mitchell, seven carries for 35 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 11 carries for 32 yards. Some guy named Jay Mason, who apparently finished the game off. I don't even know his first name. I'm not going to look it up because I'm that mad. Five carries for 25 yards. Brandon Ayuk was their leading receiver. Five catches, 65 yards. Juwan Jennings, six catches for 49 yards and a touchdown that I still can't understand how it ended up the way it did. You know, if Tyron Matthew gets his palm under it, it's it's an interception in the end zone. Instead, it's just doop. And it's just like, that's the Saints' season, right? It's the Saints' season in a nutshell. But yeah, George Kittle, three catches, 26 yards. Debo Samuel, three catches, 43 yards. Like, these are average numbers. This 49ers offense did virtually nothing in the second half. They kicked a field goal. That's it. That was their second half offense. And the Saints just could not get on the board. The most frustrating part is that if you just kicked field goals the entire game, you would have been right there. You had a chance. Because it did not feel like the Saints were ever going to get into the end zone. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's frustrating because if they just lost 36-7, to seven, and you're like, yeah, okay, you know, they, they were going to get dominated in this matchup. The 49ers are a better team. I didn't see the 49ers as being a significantly better team than the Saints. I saw the Saints just fail in every way possible. Alvin Kamara fumbles twice on the first drive of the game and what on what felt like the Saints' last drive of the game, at least what felt like their last real chance of the game. At the goal line, just popping it up. Incredibly frustrating to watch. You know, 
Chris Olave had the had the pass overturned, which I mean, you know, we'll talk more about that. We we got uh, comments from everybody uh, on the fact that, that that it's wild that that wasn't a catch. We'll talk more about that. Um, penalties, penalties, penalties. The Saints finally get an interception that feels like it's going to turn momentum, and Chris Harris gets you know what I'll call a weak. Um, Illegal contact penalty, I mean, by the letter of the law, sure, fine. I mean, if you're going to call illegal contact on that, you are going to call illegal contact 40 times a game. So by by that standard, whatever. You know, it's just, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. I mean, it's just week after week after week, the Saints cannot win back-to-back games. The frustrating part is that we still have to continue talking. It, w- it would be nice if the season was just over and we could just – like see what's salvageable and start talking about, okay, what are we looking for? What are you pushing forward to next year? But instead, because no one wants to win the NFC South, we have to continue to suffer through the second half of this season, knowing that, you know, if the Saints go out to Tampa Bay, really nothing has changed. The Bucks lost to the Browns in overtime, which that was a wild game. If anyone caught the end of that, right? Or uh, David Njoku with the crazy one-handed catch on fourth and 10 to tie that game in the final minute. The Falcons lost to, oh man, I forgot who the, oh, the Commanders, you know, another game that went down to the wire. So there are no teams in the NFC South with a winning record. The Saints are a game and a half out with a game left to go against the Bucs. If they go out to Tampa and beat the Bucs, they were going to be a half game out of first in the division, which is stupid. I I don't even want to say it out loud, but it's true. Like the season somehow will not die. Um, And you know, just like this game, it just felt like, say, oh, man, like it felt like it was over with with 10 minutes left because, you know, the Saints got down into the 10 yard line and you were just like, no, they're not scoring. There's no way. There was a point that where Dennis Allen used a timeout to prevent a delay of game penalty. And I actually felt like that was a mistake because the Saints, it felt like they had a better chance to score from further out than they did once they got into the red zone. That They, they just had nothing. The offensive line got trucked. Alvin Kamara was not able to get any space. Like, I don't blame Alvin for his rushing total. You know, seven carries for 13 yards. Taysom Hill, six carries, 13 yards. Mark Ingram, four carries, 10 yards. Uh, Andy Dalton, Saints leading rusher, four carries for 21 yards. The offensive line, I mean, I have never seen a team get penetration as quickly as the 49ers did in this game. I think I counted five times that a running back got the ball or Taysom Hill had the ball, and he had a defender in his face before he was even set to run, to make a move. That first fumble from Alvin Kamara, if you go back and watch it, he had to make a guy miss three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he did, and then he's getting upfield, and that's when the ball gets knocked out. So it's like he's not even able to set and like make a decision before he's got someone in his face. That was all day. You know, we can blame Andy Dalton. I don't think he had a great game, but Again, it's like the offensive line was not blocking a lick, you know, and, and it's, I don't know. Like the only positive you could say is like, maybe if Jameis was in there, he could score from further out because you were not scoring from close in. <laughs> you had guys have the ball knock off their face multiple times. Jawan Johnson had the ball like in his grasp in the end zone twice in the final 10 minutes of that game. Taysom Hill literally had the ball bonk off his helmet. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Deep breaths. Andy Dalton, 18 completions on 29 attempts, 204 yards, no turnovers. Chris Olave led the Saints in receiving five catches, 62 yards. He's now tied for fourth all time for rookie receivers in Saints history in terms of catches. 
Rashid Shahid had probably his most productive game, give or take like the scoring part of it, but he did have two catches and, a, and an end around run. The first catch went for 35 yards. The second catch went for a first down on third down. The end around went for a first down on third down. So he made an impact. Didn't break any punts, but he did make an impact in that game. Adam Troutman had one catch, 17 yards. Jarvis, way too quiet, way too quiet. You know, I think he is still dealing with that ankle injury, but you need more out of him. Two catches, 20 yards. Kamara, six catches, 37 yards. And that's, and that's about it. You know, we can keep talking about guys like Caden Ellis, 12 solo tackles, which is a crazy number. He led the, he had a game high 14 tackles. Chris Harris, seven tackles with at least two bonehead penalties. You know, that, that, that late hit out of bounds late in the first half, you know, he's a 12 year veteran. That is crazy that you have a 12 year veteran making that boneheaded of a play, but he did. And then it led directly to that touchdown by Jawan Jennings. So yeah, Paulson Adebo, I think if you're looking for a, a silver lining, Paulson Adebo, I thought had a great game. And the defense in general had a solid game. Like you can't pin this on the defense. It's impossible to win a game when you don't score any points. I, I take that back. It's virtually impossible to win a game. No, I no, I'm right. It's impossible to win a game when you don't score any points. The best you could do is have a zero-zero tie. So you can't pin a game on the defense when the offense doesn't put up a point. Will Lutz, I don't know what's wrong with Will Lutz. His leg is still powerful. I just don't, I think his range finder is a little off or his, his direction. I don't know if he's misjudging the wind. These missed kicks inside of 50 yards are wild. You just can't do that. I mean, like theoretically, like in a world where <laughs> you make that first field goal, you get down into the red zone and you can kick another one. Suddenly you're down seven points and those last final possessions feel completely different. That missed field goal is just like, that can't happen. And I, I don't know, you know, it's maybe it's just a down season. Maybe he's just not coming back fully from that core surgery. It's just, I don't know. It's everything that the Saints can possibly do to lose a game. They manage to do it seemingly every week. Like if the opponent is the Raiders, if the opponent is the Rams, if the opponent is the Falcons, they seem to be able to lose the game on their own and the Saints just take it from them. Right, like like the the Rams and the Raiders will say, "Hey, would you like this game?" And the Saints are like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take that." But in games where you have to actually go out and beat somebody, this team is completely lost in the woods, you know. And 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 again, like that's the frustrating thing is how winnable this game was and how much you left out there, like how many opportunities you just left on the field and. You know, yeah, it comes down to coaching. It comes down to game planning. I don't think the Saints had a very good game plan for the 49ers. I thought they did have a very good game plan for Aaron Donald. They did not have a good game plan for this for this 49ers defensive line. And to be fair, it is a very good defensive line. It's a very good 49ers team. They were always going to harass you. But there were just too many moments in this game where you look at it and you're just like, how? How? We had a lot of chances. You know, we had a lot of chances. Um you know, we had the ball in our hands a couple of times in the end zone and couldn't couldn't come up with the play. So, um, you know, we're going to go back and look at this tape, but but I feel like uh, we gave ourselves plenty of opportunities to win this game. Um, and look, you have to give them credit. Like, they made the plays when they needed to make the plays. And so I don't want to take anything away from them because I think they're an outstanding football team. Uh, but I feel like there were some plays out there that we – 
we could have made that that could have been the difference in the game. And he's not wrong. Like, I think that the Saints put themselves in a position to win this game. The defense played well enough that you could go win this game. I still don't understand this baffling lack of game-changing plays. You know, two interceptions 12 weeks into the season makes zero sense. Like, just by just by luck standard, you would think you would get a couple balls tipped up into people's hands. He had a few close calls today, right? Like, Tyron Matthew got his hand on a ball. Uh, Paulson Adebo knocked a ball down on the first scoring drive from the 49ers that, you know, Caden Ellis almost got his hands on. There was another ball that was kind of floating that a 49ers played it, made a good uh, play on and knocked it down. So, I mean, you're getting closer, you know, but even still, it's just the balls aren't landing in your arms. And, you know, when you get a gift interception and you give it back with a stupid play, and whether it was a good call or not, by the letter of the law, it's a foul, you know, then, then that's on you. You know, that's a part of the reason you don't have interceptions because you're giving them back. Now, all that said, I thought the refs had an awful day. People are trying not to get fined after the game, but I thought it was one of the p- worst officiated games we have seen this year. And, you know, I, I, th- I think it went both ways. You know, what you can say for it is that it was reasonably consistent in that the 49ers got called for a few questionable ones too. You know, that holding call on George Kittle that negated the Eli Mitchell run, that was a close one that you could have seen let go. There was a few others, you know, that there were there were there was that call late in the end zone. I, I mean, I, I just think it was a poorly officiated game all around. Um, and the, but the Saints, I thought, did get really, really hit by it on the one play that I think is just just bad, bad. And it's the Chris Olave catch and overturn because I just how do you overturn that? Like I get it, he, the ball went on the ground, and you know. Chris Olave's got to hold on to that goddamn ball. Like, that's your job. You are a professional catcher of footballs. Hold on to the ball. Learn how to fall. Rashid Shahid had one. His long catch. He put the ball on the ground, too. I'm pretty sure, based on how they overturned Chris Olave's, that if they had challenged Rashid Shahid's catch, it would have been overturned, too. And maybe he wasn't, maybe Kyle Shanahan didn't want to use a challenge that early in the game. I don't know. But he put the ball on the ground just like Chris Olave did. And I don't understand. Like, that is your job. To not put the ball in the to, to catch the ball and hold on to it, and you know I don't I don't know what it is. And if this was the first time for Chris Olave, that'd be one thing. He did the exact same thing against the Bucks, where he caught a ball downfield and just lost it going to the ground. In that game, it ended up being a fumble that effectively ended the game. So this is something that you know now it's a trend. Now you've done it more than once, and so you know while I thought it was a terrible call by the officiating, and I thought it was a terrible decision to overturn it, I don't care what Dean Blandino says. You know, that is a recurring issue for him. So that's something that you got to figure out. You need to learn how to fall with the football and not drop it. You know, because there is going to be more times where you are not contacted and you go down and the ball just pops out of your hands. And that's a that's a fumble. In this case, it was a it was an incomplete catch that completely changed momentum in that game. And here's what Dennis Allen had to say about that play. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't I don't know what a catch is in our league uh anymore. Um it's kind of changed multiple times um you know their 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 explanation to me was that he didn't survive the ground so um uh, yeah i don't know what a catch is yeah i don't agree with the call um and i don't know exactly where we had the ball at i want to say down there 10 yard line something something like that it was a big play in the game uh a huge play in the game um and a uh a total momentum changing call in the game. 
And here's what Chris Olave had to say in the locker room after the game. That was a tough play, but I hold myself to a higher standard, so I just got to complete the, complete the catch. And, uh, I guess I got to hold it through the ground. Did you think it was a catch? Oh, yeah, for sure. I thought it was a catch, but uh, they overturned it, so we just had to move on from there. Did you feel like that was the, the story of the day you guys came close on several plays and, and just couldn't convert for whatever reason? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh, it was a great team we played. Uh, San Francisco was a great team, but uh, we had a lot of opportunities we could have capitalized on, and uh, we just didn't come down with them. So we just got to be accountable and uh, go back to the drawing board and, and get better. Is it hard for you as a receiver to understand what the rules are on a catch? I, I mean, I met, met, you know, just like it seemed like it was pretty clearly. Uh, I thought so too, but uh, I guess that's the game. Uh, I just got to, like I said, I got to complete the catch and uh, hold it through the ground and uh, just try to be a take her the ball. That's the name of the game. So I uh, just got to hold it through the ground and make sure it's completed. Chris, you guys didn't get on the board, but it seemed like at any time, if a play was made, you were right back in this game. Uh, yeah, that's all we needed. I mean, uh, we got plenty of opportunities. Like I said, uh, we got down in, the, in their uh, red zone. Uh, we just couldn't uh, finish the job. So, uh, like I said, we just got to go back to the drawing board and get better and come back next week. Yeah, and I mean, that's it. You know, like, to me, that's a catch. I think to any reasonable person, that's a catch. You have the ball. You take two full steps with it, and then you get knocked down, and the ball comes out after your elbow hits the ground. Like, And you can say, okay, well, the officiating screwed up, or you could say, hey, you got to keep – the ball in your hands. You're a professional receiver of the football and you need to professionally catch the football and hold on to it. You know, the, the, the officiating, I thought, had a bad game. They just did not do a good job. Sean Hockey's crew was was bad. Like, there's no other way around it. They were bad. But I think they were bad both ways, you know? But I do think that the Chris Olave overturn, it, it changed the momentum in that moment. It changed what the Saints were looking at. It felt like it put more pressure on them to get in the end zone, right? If that if that drive even ends in a field goal, you're feeling differently about it when you get to the end of the game, right? When you get to the second half and you're in field goal range, you know, the, the Saints were going to go for it on fourth and five. You probably should have just kicked that anyway. If you had three points already on the board, then you would kick that because that would get you to six and that would put you down 13 to six. And that's a one score game. So if that was the case, you know, and that's a 41-yard field goal. Maybe Will Lutz doesn't miss that, right? And then you get to these final possessions, and you're not trying to score so that you can get within one score. You're trying to score to tie the game. There's a little more game pressure on the 49ers in that moment. I don't know if it is going to go any differently, but it did impact the way that game went. You know, so that's where you end up. But I don't know. There's going to be a lot of criticism of Dennis Allen. There's going to be a lot of criticism of Andy Dalton. There's going to be a lot of people saying, well, why don't you change quarterbacks? I really don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think that's going to be the case. And it's partially because, you know, you're going to keep seeing this movie play out over and over again. And I think Dennis Allen, if he's being honest, he wants the same movie in terms of he wants to know exactly what he's going to get from his quarterback week in, week out. And he just wants that movie to be good enough for the Saints to win football games. And I just, I'm not sure it's ever going to be at a consistent enough level where you're going to feel confident in this team, you know? So like the goalposts have moved in terms of this is now not a team that is making decisions based on whether it can win a Super Bowl or not. It's making decisions based on whether maybe we can get into the playoffs. And and that's a really disappointing 
disappointing place to be for a team that for so long felt like they were just one or two plays away from winning a Super Bowl. Now it feels like they're one or two plays away from being a competent football team. And, it, and you know, this movie's going to keep playing out. It's going to keep playing out. You know, the problem is no one's going to get to the credits. We're going to keep leaving before the credits start. And, and that's a problem. You know, it's a problem that the Saints need to figure out. It's a problem they need to fix. And I just don't know how close they are to doing it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Full disclosure, there was an issue with the recording on the mailbag. And I was unable to rescue it. So unfortunately, that's not going to be in this podcast because I didn't want to subject people to that. But I'm going to try to get on tomorrow and record a kind of a secondary mailbag so that I can post a follow-up episode and uh, try to get that to y'all. But either way, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for checking us out. As always, my name is Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. We're also going to be back on Wednesday with our kind of typical film study pod. Steve Geller will be back for that. He's currently somewhere in the air in between San Francisco and here because he, he, he does that. He flies around. But yeah, as always, I always appreciate listeners. If you have a, if you have a moment, if you can go and give us a rating, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever wherever you get your podcasts, always appreciate that. It really helps to know what people like, what people don't, what people want to see more of. You know what annoys you. Um, you know how can we be better at this whole podcast thing? Um, so yeah, appreciate y'all. Be easy. Peace.